0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. I hate asking a question at the top because you can't answer it, but that's what I do as a greeting. What do you want me to do? I'm Kyle Madsen, right about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. He's Chris Biederman. He'll be joining me shortly. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. couple of quick housekeeping notes for us on this pod. Uh, we'll talk about the Tony Jefferson signing, and we will also talk about the Julio Jones trade the Titans made that the 49ers did not make. We'll dive into those two things and whatever other shenanigans we get into. Enjoy. So I had a major breakthrough in my heat beating, Chris. Was it just the weather not being all that hot? Well, that's been very helpful. It was like a very nice 75 with a nice breeze today in Oakley. And then I worked in San Francisco where it's just cold all of the time. Yeah. Well, when it was hot last week, I turned the AC on and I'm sitting in the office in the back of the house and it was still very warm, even though the AC was on and I was thought that that kind of sucked but it was whatever i noticed recently that the vent is closed which is why oh, no geez. air was ever getting into this office so uh that was a huge moment for me that vent is now opened and when it does start getting hot again i will have more success beating heat in my office
3: with the ac properly
1: <laughs> running in there
3: yeah it is uh it's five o'clock in santa clara right now as we record mm. this or i guess five, is five twelve somewhere um and it's 66 degrees on june 7th which is just Mm. odd right because like typically afternoons are usually the hottest part of the day here right and i feel like normally in early june it's it's got to be mid 80s at least like 20 degrees warmer than it is right now but it's very pleasant um in uh in my home studio right now uh so in the lab in the lab yeah i'm pretty (laughs) excited about it um but not as excited as 49ers fans should be about Tony Jefferson.
1: Oh, boy. You know, all right, Tony Jefferson. <laughs> 49ers signed Tony Jefferson on Monday. They released defensive back Brianne Boddy-Calhoun. So Jefferson was an undrafted free agent with the Cardinals in 2013. He spent four seasons in Arizona, then went to Baltimore for three years in 2019. He tore his ACL in week five. Didn't play the rest of that year. Didn't play at all last year. And now the 49ers are signing him pretty crowded safety room. Now for the 49ers, um, it's Marcel Harris, Tony Jefferson, uh, Jaquaski Tart, Jimmy Ward, Tavon Wilson, Kai Nakua, Jared Maiden, Talanoa Hufanga, who they took in the, in the fifth round of this year's draft. It's a, it's a crowded room. And I actually like the Tony Jefferson signing of all the and then I guess to Moore as well, who I didn't mention. But of all the of all the random kind of offseason signings that happen in June, this one feels like it might actually come with a little bit of consequence because safety was not a position where you could just lock in four guys and, and call it good. Uh, I think Jefferson has a legitimate shot to to make the team.
3: Yeah, I do, too, and it's a really interesting group from sort of a roster construction perspective, especially right now because they're they're kind of a lot of unknowns. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know who the starting strong safety is going to be necessarily, right? Jagrowski Tart was a free agent, came back on a one-year team-friendly contract because there wasn't a whole lot of money league-wide in free agency because the cap went down. So he's obviously started for the last four or five years. Um, Jimmy Ward's going to start at free safety but the starting strong safety job I mean it, it's it's probably going to come down to tart Tarverius Moore. and now you know it, it like it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if Tony Jefferson won the starting strong safety role I mean it no you know I, I wouldn't put him as a favorite um, I would probably put Tarverius Moore as a favorite right now Um, but you know Jaquaski tart isn't practicing he's uh, he's recovering from toe surgery and uh, and he's been working out on the side field during OTAs and Tervarius Moore has gained a little bit of weight, as he said he would at the end of last offseason. And so he's playing strong safety um, and you have, you know, Jared Maiden sort of working with the two is at the twos with uh, at free safety. And then Kainakua is working back there too. Um, Tavon Wilson's working back there. So you like, it's just really interesting because you know, covering the team and watching them play at a lot of other positions, it's pretty easy to to sort of create a pecking order as far as safety goes. But now, too, you have Talano Hufanga, you have Marcel Harris, who's been in the system for a while. Um, you know, it, there's there isn't really a clear uh, depth chart, I guess, or at least ordering at, at strong safety. So Tony Jefferson is just, it, that was a status quo sort of before Tony Jefferson and now getting him mercs it up a little bit more. And so, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's definitely interesting because he is an experienced guy. He's played in a lot of games. Um, he started, he started, he started all 35 games.
1: Yeah. started all 35. He played for Baltimore.
3: Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's a good defense, right? He's, Mm -hmm. he's been on some good defenses. So Mm -hmm. he didn't play in 20, uh, he didn't play in 2020 coming off the ACL tear in 2019. Presumably he's, he's gotta be pretty healthy at this point, given how far removed he is from almost two years. Yeah. He's 29 years old. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting because there just is so much sort of uncertainty and competition shaping up for that strong safety spot. And it wasn't really a spot you felt like going into the offseason, like, wow, 49ers really got to address their strong safety spot. It kind of felt like Tervarius Moore was ready to to take it over after after trans- transitioning there last year. And now you have, you know, Moore, Jefferson, Tart, Harris, and Hufanga – And there's probably like there's probably four, typically four or five safety spots for four or five safeties make the 53 man roster. Um, So it'll be interesting to see um, exactly how it shakes out. But, uh, you know, it's it's definitely one of those interesting about as interesting as a signing can be for June 7th. Let's put it like that.
1: One of the other interesting parts of this is the last couple of
3: years, you talked about the roster
1: construction. The last couple of years it's been like Ward, Tart, Moore, Harris, and then maybe one or two other other players, but it was pretty clear who, who the who the group of safeties was gonna be. They have ten safeties now, if my counting is correct, which there's no guarantee that it is, but ten guys vying for probably four roster spots, I imagine. yeah four or five five would be kind of a lot
3: yeah
1: but it suddenly becomes like and this has been the case but the tony jefferson signing just kind of brought it all to the fore. like oh there's a lot of players and you just laid it out like this this could be outside of maybe jimmy ward it could it could be like an entirely new group of safeties next year or this season so you have Jimmy Ward, and then let's say Tavares Moore starts, it could be two guys that weren't even on the roster last year as, as the two backups. Like there's a very real chance it's 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 Hufanga and, and Jefferson, or or if they keep five, you know, Hufanga and Jefferson and and Tavon Wilson. So I'm fascinated to see kind of how that group shakes out, not just the starting guys, but but who backs them up as well. Because while Jimmy Ward was healthy last year hasn't exactly been the picture of health during his career. So I I do wonder um, if that's something the 49ers are gonna try and do is kind of insulate themselves a little bit from from a potential Jimmy Ward injury where it's not gonna derail their entire secondary if he goes down.
3: Yeah, totally agree. And, and you do wonder if if Tart's versatility is gonna play into this too, in that like, you know, is him making the roster going to be partly due because of his ability to put, play free safety also
0: because mm-hmm. they're pretty, right.
3: you know, at, and it, it could be changing this year with D'Amico Ryans, but there's a pretty clear difference between, um, between what the 49ers have done at free safety and strong safety. And they've, mm-hmm. they, they got a little bit more creative the last two years under Robert Sala, but it was pretty, you know, Jimmy Ward was very much like the, the deep free safety um, right. often single high in that classic sort of Seattle cover three scheme. And, you know, some of that has ch- changes a little bit based on looks and personnel and situation and all that. But, um, you know, I think it, it's the, my first thought was like when, when I saw the Jefferson signing, I was like, what's, so what's this mean for Tart? Like, what is, you know, it, it, it's clear to me that Jakowski Tart is not a lock to make the roster. I don't think. Um, because, like, wait, you know what? If you, you draft a strong safety in Talanoa Hufanga um you have Marcel Harris who you like is sort of a back-end special teams guy he's obviously not a lock to make the roster right so like I think you really only sign somebody like Tony Jefferson if you think he's he's got a chance to start to, to beat out the other starting guys or at least provide more stability at that spot even though he is coming off an ACL tear than what you've gotten from Tart because Tart has basically missed 50% of his games throughout his entire career because of a myriad right. of injuries. And he's, like we said, currently not practicing because he's coming off turf toe that, um, that ended his 2020 season prematurely. So um, it's, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how the reps are divvied out when we get to training camp we'll be at OTAs on Tuesday. Um, so we might have a better idea of what this, this sh- safety situation is looking like, but um, until then, it's it, it's kind of interesting because there are a lot of unknowns.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: traded to Tennessee. There was some speculation that the 49ers might be involved. It sounds like now based on reporting from Peter King and Albert Breer that the 49ers were not really involved. And in fact, maybe no NFC was team was really involved. Um, I I don't know if the Falcons are too keen on, on trading Jones within, within the conference. So he goes to the Titans for a, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. And, uh, the Falcons sent Jones and a 2023 sixth round pick was, was the final package. Kyle Shanahan had said something really interesting um, in a press scrum at the Sonoma raceway yeah. where he got asked about the Jones trade. And he kind of like, as he was laughing said, I think that would have been a great deal or something like that, indicating that the 49ers weren't like maybe given the option to, to have that deal
3: it it doesn't seem like the falcons as you said were were too interested in sending julio jones to the nfc and perhaps they were asking for more from nfc teams than what they got from the titans which was that second round and fourth round pick um you know were the 49ers interested i think they were interested but i think they were interested at a at a much different price I guess, than what, than what Tennessee offered. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Kyle Shanahan looks at his roster and understands like, yeah, we're, we're probably thinner at receiver than, than we would like to be at this point. And it could be that they're setting themselves up to be a very heavy 12 personnel, 21 personnel team with, you know, using Kyle use instead of a, a third receiver using Ross Dwelly or even Charlie Warner, um, at tight end instead of having a third receiver on the field if Trey Lance plays a lot early on I'm expecting them to run the ball at probably the highest rate in the league um, mm-hmm. as they were sort of in 2019 they ran the ball the second most times in, in the league behind Baltimore um, so you know I, I think Julio Jones has certainly made a lot of sense for the same reasons that Emmanuel Sanders made sense and the same reasons that Trent Williams made sense and that this was a guy you could potentially get without selling the farm for. The issue is the 49ers already sold the farm to get Trey Lance. And, you know, they just weren't really in a spot to give up a second round pick. And and I think, you know, coming off last year and leading the NFL just in games missed by, you know, injury. or I guess <laughs> the, the pro football outsiders stat um, – is is what most games lost to injury or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. um it's hard to justify like okay let's bring in a 32 32 rec- year old receiver who's had foot problems throughout his career who missed seven games last year coming off an injury or coming off a hamstring injury and then doesn't practice all that much while you're trying to incorporate a rookie quarterback um you know they're, they're just it didn't line up perfectly like the Emmanuel Sanders thing lined up kind of perfectly the trent williams trade definitely lined up pretty perfectly mm-hmm. um this one just just didn't it, at quite the same level and maybe if the falcons were willing to send julio jones to to the nfc for a third round pick maybe the 49ers would have been more interested if it was a third and a fifth which was the same that san francisco sent washington for trent williams and maybe that would have been more enticing for them but you know, as badly as the 49ers could use a third receiver and just given the dearth of options they have right now, um, you know, it would have made a lot of sense. So now I think the third receiver battle slash however that shakes shakes out is probably the most interesting roster battle that, they, that they're going to have in training camp outside of quarterback. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes definitely because,
3: yeah because it's all those guys there's
1: not are, even there's not even a favorite like yeah. if, you're, if you're if you're putting odds on you just grab the the receivers not named iuk or samuel i don't know if there's a, a guy that's like okay well this guy's minus 500 and everybody else yeah. is is plus whatever
3: yeah i i think richie james is probably the favorite though no
1: sure sure that like yes but if if we had somebody else on and they said, "Well, I think Jalen Hurd's the favorite," I, I would buy that. You know, if yeah. if, if you want to say Travis Benjamin's the favorite, I would buy that. Like Richie James probably makes the most sense right now, but it's not something where I'm going to be shocked if
3: he's unseated as as the number three guy. Right, and you know you have Juwan Jennings, um, you have Austin Watkins, um, the undrafted guy. You know, so there there are a lot of bodies, but I just don't know how many of them are viable. And if you could, right. you know, like, in terms of just, you, you have to play a playoff game tomorrow, right, on the road. Say, say you have to go to Green Bay in January. You're probably not going to throw the ball a ton in that game, but you are going to have a third receiver on the field at some point. Like, who do you feel most comfortable with putting in that scenario right now? Like, there's no one you really feel all that comfortable with, right? Like, even mm-hmm. Kendrick born while he was here you felt okay like all right Kendrick Bourne is a fine number three receiver that's sort of the perfect role for him and that proved to be true Um, but now it's like there are just so many question marks and so you know I I think Kyle Shanahan does have a plan I think like I said I think they're going to run the ball a lot use a lot of two receiver sets Um, and then they're going to hope that Jalen Hurd stays healthy and maybe Juwan Jennings can surprise some people and, and maybe Richie James um, can be more productive and more consistent if Kyle Shanahan decides to carve out more of a role for him like he did in that Thursday game last year when when he sort of had to because Ayuk and, and Samuel were both out uh, because of COVID protocols in that game. So it's I think outside of quarterback, it's pretty clearly the most interesting roster battle right now.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, what, what you said about a lot of 12 personnel, 21 personnel, it wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers get through the first six games and do what they did in 2019 and said, hey, this receiving core is not good enough to get to a Super Bowl, and they execute a trade m- midseason once they have a full assessment of what they're looking at. But I think with Benjamin, with James, with Jennings, with Hurd, they feel like they have enough to kind of cobble together a receiving core for the first few weeks. And then see what happens from there. The other thing it's I, risky I, though. <laughs> sure. No, no. I, totally. But if they were gonna have to offer two seconds for Julio Jones
3: or as the NFC tax, you mean?
1: Yeah, right. If that was gonna if the Falcons said, yeah, we'll trade him to you, but it's gotta be two seconds or
3: or Debo
1: Samuel in a second or whatever. Like Whatever whatever it was going to be, I don't think the the reward outweighed the risk because I think you're right. I think they are planning on running the football a lot. So, and that's not – Tennessee's going to run the football a lot too. But Tennessee got to pay a second and a fourth, and I think the 49ers would have happily pull the trigger on that if they had the opportunity. I just also, not sure they
3: did. Yeah, Tennessee also has like one clear starting receiver, number one receiver in A.J. Brown. Right and they lost Jonu Smith in the offseason and just and didn't Corey really Davis. have that number two receiver. Like the Niners do have two guys. Right. Right. So they like, but as I've argued on, on Twitter and, and on this pod, it's like, I just don't know how much you can, you can count on those dudes to be healthy. And that, and that conversation extends to George Kittle too, because he's probably going to lead the Niners in, in receptions this year but he's mm-hmm. still a guy who's going to play his whole career basically with a torn labrum. Um, he's coming off a season where he broke his foot and sprained his knee and played in only eight games. And it probably would have been fewer if he didn't come back for the last couple. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that biggest... it
1: would have been fewer games if he played
3: fewer games. Yeah, it, it <laughs> totally would have, but I mean, he didn't have to come back the point. No, I, no, I, I he know he could have played it in six games instead. very of
1: eight surprising. Last. He came back.
3: Yeah. Um, so, the, the point being that, like, if you get Julio Jones, the argument would have been you have another guy because you, you feel good about having another guy because there are so many injury concerns potentially with Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And that if you add Julio, albeit somebody who's dealt with injury issues of his own, you give yourself a better shot at, at fielding a healthy complement of weapons week in and week out just because you have another guy who's proven who you can trust. And now I, you know, if, if the 49ers do deal with injuries to Debo Samuel and George Kittle, it's like there, there might be some lost weeks. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. they're going to get hurt, but they could, Mm -hmm. if they did, there isn't a contingency plan now. So we'll have to see exactly how they, how they maneuver those waters. And really it's just going to be, you know, it seems like they're just going to have to cross their fingers and hope they get, you know, 15, 16 games from from Kittle, Ayuk, and uh, and Debo, because if not, they're going to have a really hard time being, you know, winning the NFC West and being a, a real viable threat in the playoffs. The other thing I wonder, too, when it comes to making
1: a, a trade, and this is for Julio Jones or, or like a midseason deal, which, which I, I mentioned, I wonder if the 49ers are looking at, what they have going into next year's draft. They have their own second, their own third because they traded the compensatory pick to the Dolphins. I wonder if they're kind of looking at their roster and going, all right, Bosa's extension is coming up. Fred Warner's extension is is due, ASAP. Um Mike McGlinchy at right Tackle, not a sure thing, long term. Uh defensive end. Opposite Nick Bosa is a little bit of a problem if, if D Ford is not going to be able to stay healthy. Uh, cornerback is still a, a pretty significant question mark. I think they look at these needs and, and look at a situation where they're trading their second and their fourth next year and going, that's just not enough. I mean, the cap's going to go up a little bit. They're going to have a little bit of room to maneuver in free agency, especially if Garoppolo's contract comes off the books. But... If McGlinchey doesn't take a, I don't want to say step up because he wasn't terrible last year, but if he regresses a little bit and they're just like this is not the guy, they're gonna you can't be picking a right tackle in the third round, and if you need a defensive end like that's not something you want to wait until the fourth or fifth round to do. So I wonder if that's something that factors in too when they're looking at their draft capital and and what they're gonna need and going, you know, it's not worth the risk of of messing up the roster three or four years from now to add a, a third receiver to a team that's just going to run the ball so heavily
3: yeah and I, I think what what's important to point out too is when they made the emmanuel sanders trade in 2019 and kyle shanahan said this at the combine after the super bowl um he made the trade because he thought the 49ers were the best team in the nfl right right um with the chance at winning the super bowl and obviously they were um or they had a chance they you know you you could you could argue they were the best team, but uh, the, the Chiefs had the best player. But, um, you know, I don't think you can look at the 49ers right now as constructed coming off last year going 6-10 and 10 and say, you know, they have the best roster in the league. They're just a Julio Jones away from winning the Super Bowl. They, You know, they could be a Julio Jones away, but, like, it's a lot of things they, they need to see a lot of things first right they need like can Jimmy Garoppolo stay healthy if Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy is Trey Lance going to be is is he going to be able to hit the ground running if and when he does have to start um mm-hmm. is Raheem Mostert going to be able to stay healthy because you lost Jeff Wilson Jr. until midseason at least with a knee injury um you feel pretty good about Trey Sermon but like you know do you can are you going to just pencil him in as as a competent running back to replace Mostert in one of the most run heavy offenses in the league. Like there, there are just a lot of questions. Can Nick Bosa be healthy coming off the ACL tear? Is Jason Verrett going to have two really good seasons in a row? Um, Is Emmanuel Mosley going to hold on to that starting job opposite Verrett or is Ambry Thomas and or Lenore going to take over that, that starting job on the other side? Um, There are just a lot more question marks right now, which, to your point, makes it a little bit tougher to go all in on on somebody like Julio Jones because it's not that you're going all in on Julio Jones. If you make that trade, you're going all in on 2021, right? And the reason why Kyle Shanahan went all in on 2019 is because he thought at the time of making the the Emmanuel Sanders trade, he said, okay, we have the best team in the NFL. We get another receiver. We can really win a Super Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think there are too many question marks on the 49ers right now as constructed to say there are Julio Jones away from, um, from making the Super Bowl. but I wouldn't, and I wouldn't have hated the trade at all. It just no. have been risky um, for the future long-term stuff, because you're kind of going on two paths right now, right? If you're the 49ers, you're on the win, win in 2021 path. Mm-hmm. And also like, we're developing Trey Lance and we're trying to set ourselves up for the long-term path. Right. So it's, it's a really, it's a really awkward spot to kind of, to kind of be in right now. It's not a bad spot to be in, but it's like, there, there just aren't a whole lot of teams that I can really remember that like go through this thing where they're competing to win right now, but they're also going through sort of a transition in their quarterback room right and that just kind of affects every move you make so julio jones would have been similar to emmanuel sanders in that we're all in on 2021 but also like they're not really because they they just replaced their starting quarterback in the offseason right or their you know their long-term quarterback right. is going to be somebody different than jimmy Garoppolo. so um it would have made plenty of sense to add julio jones given the uncertainty with you know the, injury, yeah. the health situations with george kittle and debo samuel but It also would have been tough, as you mentioned, to give up those assets because you are building for the future with with Trey Lance and you're going to have some big money contracts coming up with Nick Bosa and and, uh, Fred Warner this offseason.
1: Yeah, I just I I advocated for for the deal, Um, but the fact it didn't happen, I don't think is catastrophic. Because no. you, you you pointed out if this if the 49ers aren't winning a Super Bowl this year, I don't think anybody at the end of the year is going to look at it and go, "Oh well, if Julio Jones." Right, and if that's the case, you know, so be it. But it there are looked, so many other things that could go wrong.
3: It would have looked a lot worse if Jones ended up with the Seahawks or the Rams. I completely agree. I I, just... I agree wholeheartedly.
1: But Albert Breer reported that none of the NFC West teams even offered. Yeah. Yeah, so, it sounds cool.
3: like that the Titans were really the only ones that come in with a significant offer. Yeah. Um, so it'll right. be interesting. And it, it, I'm interested to see with Julio, like how many years is he going to be good? Like he, I, mm-hmm. I'm very confident he's going to be good in 2021.
1: Is he going to get an extension?
3: Right. Is he going to get an extension? Is he going to have like a, um, a Larry Fitzgerald, like early mid thirties run where he's still just like really productive? albeit not as physically Mm -hmm. gifted as he was earlier in his career because of injuries and stuff is the fact that he's not going to practice all the time. Is that going to impact things? Um, And, you know, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see because like we said, it would have made a lot of sense
1: before, before we go here, apparently according to reporting Anthony Miller from the bears is uh, available for trade, Mm. available in a trade. And that's the kind of player I could see the 49ers trying to go get. He's 134 catches in three years, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, Really solid player out of the slot that I think could be had for like a late day three pick. Where it's an effective player who's not going to cost an arm and a leg. And maybe that price goes up if they try and do it midseason. But it wouldn't shock me at all if Anthony Miller's on the 49ers at some point. Yeah. That's my take.
3: He was <laughs> a guy I really liked um, leading up to that draft. What, yeah. to Memphis. 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018 draft. Um, yeah, I had him on, I had like three fantasy teams
1: that year and I drafted him on all of them. How'd he do for
3: you?
1: He was okay. I, I don't think I finished year with him. He was uh, 423 yards. He scored seven touchdowns. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He entered the league with Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback. Yeah. <sighs> So
1: tough scene.
3: yeah. I mean, you know, I'm interested to see cause last week there were all the guys missing, right? Ayuk was missing with an injury on all minor injuries apparently, but Ayuk, um, Richie James, Debo Samuel is out for personal reasons. Uh, Travis Benjamin was out with a minor injury. Jalen hurt obviously isn't practicing, um, until training camp still has that imposing size though. But, um, I just I'm curious to see who's practicing at OTAs tomorrow because you know I, is it going to be like the Trent Shurfield and Juwan Jennings show and Mohamed Sanu again because like I just don't know how helpful that's going to be to the offense and the quarterback situation right now if like those are the receivers yeah. trotting out there during during OTAs and it's just OTAs so we don't want to read too much into it but ideally you would like Debo Samuel and Brian Ayuk to be getting reps
1: yeah they're. I was going to drop the fire take that receiver was actually ahead of quarterback in the fascinating uh, position category for the 49ers, Mm. but I don't think that's true. I couldn't convince myself of it.
3: (laughs) I think the Niners probably have the most interesting quarterback room in the league right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's question. It's like a, it's like a super quarterback room. Some might call it, Um it's just when it comes to, like, I think, barring something crazy, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start week one. Whereas um, at receiver, like we said, there's like four or five guys who could realistically kind of emerge as, as the number three option. Right. So, And, and yeah, so... It wouldn't surprise me if there's another if there's another move that they make there, whether it's bringing in a, a free agent. I think like Golden Tate is a free agent or somebody like that. That nobody who's going to move the needle a ton, but just another body to bring in if if they get into camp and get a look at what they have and realize that added competition might be helpful. Yeah, that's my prediction.
3: So you don't think Andy Jones is going to be the guy?
1: I'm not saying he's not going to be the guy. Okay, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put my eggs in that basket yet. Sure. Remember when I said I would believe you if you basically told me any receiver emerges the wide receiver three? I wouldn't believe you if you said it was Andy Jones. That's the one
3: that I'm not buying. But everyone else, I'll buy. Kevin White not getting any mention on uh, in this group until now. No, Kevin
1: White is a no go for me for sure
3: he played games last year he was boy on did the he field and in uniform
1: boy did he um i think if andy jones is last on that list i think kevin white is second to last and then i think it's river craycraft
3: but where are you putting benny fowler benny fowler
1: is uh same tier as craycraft okay yeah and- benny fowler goes in there for sure Austin
3: Watkins in that group. Uh, Austin Watkins is
1: is in the tier of guys that hey maybe he wins the wide receiver three job. Sure. Although based on what we saw at OTAs, I mean they were on the far field. We had a hard time seeing, but
3: <laughs> um, the
1: bit yeah, is it's... that I was not at OTAs.
3: Yeah, but... that's that's the bit. <laughs> um, yeah i I just don't know it's it's like there there are just so many names, but none you really feel great about. I think if you're a 49ers fan, what you hope for is that Jalen Hurd's healthy um and ready to contribute. Because I think just looking at this list, he's clearly the most talented guys among the options to be the uh the, the number three receiver. And it, I don't it's actually not particularly close. The issue is he's missed obviously his first two seasons with. A back right. injury and in ACL too, but anyway, we'll have plenty of time to, to break. Can't down wait 49ers to dive in. third receiver.
1: We can't can't wait. Yeah. The fourth safety, third wide receiver. Who's the backup right guard going to be? We'll dive into all of it. No, we'll uh Daniel we'll Brown's keep any deal, anytime anytime there's there's news like this, we'll we'll jump in and bring it down. The other thing we have to do is the offseason kind of rolls along here. We have to do another old rush. We do. I enjoyed those podcasts very much. We do.
3: Yeah, okay. we did um God, you gotta go back in the feed, but that was definitely some some quality pandemic.
1: Yeah, we went if you're unfamiliar, we went back and rewatched starting at the start of the Harbaugh era, a bunch of games from the twenty eleven season and just kind of reliving those. I think we left off at the playoff game against against the Saints. Yeah. So sure. we'll do that. We'll do that one at some point. If you're unfamiliar, it was a really fun game. (laughs) Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not. And we will see you guys later this week.
2: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.